cheers to episode 29. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, look at that clean. Mm. Corona Premier. Water. Water. Preparation. Oh, water out of two. We're becoming the sober shot of Michigan Sports Podcast. One episode at a time. Today is July 14th. It's 8.22 p.m. for us here in Michigan. And the boys are back. The boys are back in the saddle. (laughs) (laughs) The boys are gone. One second, folks. We are back. And the boys are back, like we were saying. Because little inception here. Um, we recorded extra long at the end of June, like June the 30th, if you can believe it, because we knew we were going to be off a week, but we weren't really off a week because we still dropped the back half of an episode, and then we're here now. But it felt like it was off for us. Did any of you, I was just curious because I listened to it, it was kind of, it made me laugh listening to myself talk. Did any of you listen to the beginning of the last episode, episode 28? Not not in depth. No. Just the very beginning, how it started. No. If you're ever bored, just close into it because it's pretty hilarious because I had to film like a voiceover to let everyone know what was going on because like the show intro is completely different. Like there's no music I could put in. No, I did put in music, but like we didn't do our normal cheers. It was just like, all right, everyone, uh, this is Grant. <laughs> I was like just talking about what the situation was for the week. And it's pretty funny. And it's like in a hushed tone because I was right in the mic. So if you ever get bored, go do that. I guess a lot's happened probably for us since then, since it's been a while since we've talked, but just any highlights for everyone, what's new in your guys' lives? It's been so long, I don't I don't know. We're using Skype now, so this is new. We're Skype podcast now. Yeah, for the time being. Forever. Until Zoom sponsors us. Evan, you can jump in. I don't. I don't have much. I don't. I can't think of anything. Alex, you you were involved in a lot of this. All right. So let's see. Oh, My brother was home for a week or so, just over a week. Shout out. He was Wyatt. visiting before he uh, had to go back to Albuquerque for the Air Force. So we uh, golfed. We all golfed and participated in that. There was about eight of us. Uh, that was a while ago. Think about it. Um, I was trying to party. A nice party. Shout out. Michelle, she was doing a nice party Saturday evening. Good time. It was about 35, 40, family and friends there. That was a quality time. Then after that, we went out and watched the fight. I don't know if it's on the show doc. I don't think so, but it's on there. Yeah. I umped recently over the past week or so, and breaking news, Little League moms are back. <laughs> they are okay. so back. Okay. Just uh, like you us. Know, it makes umping somewhat worth it where you just like, you know, you kind of just like gazing off into the stands and one of them catches your eye. You're like, wow. Hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, house at for friend. Shout out Greg. Uh, house at for him. Watched a nice German Shepherd dog. It was just over a year old. Uh, super well trained, super well behaved. <laughs> are you joking? What else happened? Huh? You're not going to talk about his shadow problem. I mean, the dog is, doesn't understand shadows, and so it thinks it's something, and it will attack a shadow and sit there and eat the carpet at a shadow for hours until it gets bored. <laughs> I actually never. But my thing is, it, it, the dog only did it when there was people around. Like if I'm sitting on the couch and it's just Major and I, we're just sitting there chilling. Shadows are clueless to him; doesn't even see him. Hmm. 
Probably because there aren't any because you're sitting. Yeah, but everybody else was sitting in the basement. We weren't moving. I think it's also like his own shadow. Yeah. It's funny. It's a quirk. Quirky. Um, the golf league Monday night, shot a 37, played really well. Wow. Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, so two over total, 35 on the back. Um, had two birdies and two doubles. I was four over on the par threes, part everything else, had two birdies. Who are you? And we only, and we only split. We split 15-15. Shout out Lou and Bob. Bob shot, hit, shot his uh, low on the back. His previous low was a 50. Looked at it today. He shot a 44. Wow. That sucks for you. Evan Evan brings the heat on major weeks. He feels the opener <laughs> on the corner. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to step on the gas here in Monday Night League like I'm out there in uh, England. Speaking of Monday Night League, big match next week. Got to face Gino and Hunter. This isn't position week. This is our actual matchup. Um, I have to face Gino head-to-head. He has to give me two strokes, though. So looking forward to that. Good luck, Gino, but not really. <laughs> Let's see. Good to see Wyatt. And then during the weekdays, just same old, same old. You know, another day, another dollar, living the dream, whatever water cooler phrase you want to use. And then this past weekend, which it's Wednesday now, and you'll be listening to on Thursday, so rewind a couple days. Went to Miami, Florida, for the first time in my life. Uh, Miami, which we will be going to together later this year. Um, did some did some reconnaissance as I joked on it, but it was for a buddy's uh, bachelor party. Shout out Sam for uh, getting married and choosing that location. It was very fun. I can't you know obviously share too many of the details because that's kind of like breaks bachelor party code. You know, like you just what happens in Miami and Hollywood and Fort Lauderdale just just stays there. But it was it, it was cool. Like weather was fine. Went to South Beach. For a day, I got to see what that was like. It was like, all right. It wasn't crazy busy because it's the middle of summer, not like spring break season. But it was enough going on down there uh, where you can have a good time no matter what. And like Evan said, it was a tough night that weekend for Conor McGregor fans. He's not really giving you much to root for and kind of making a joke out of himself after the fact as well by saying some really messed up things while you're legs just snap in half on the ground. So I'm going to have to redo some reevaluation there. Might need to find a new UFC guy to root for. I'll still watch his fights because he's a sweet entertainer. But that's pretty much the recap. Did you have anything else, Alex, as we talked there? Spark any memories? I didn't golf yesterday, so I don't have a league update. I played it the week before, so our opponents aren't, weren't going to be there. I also shot a 37 on the same side as Evan did. I had three birdies, though. And uh, I actually only had one par, so if that gives anyone any explanations. And the only other thing I was going to add was, yeah, Conor McGregor. I think uh, I think I'm out on him. I think he's done. I think he's washed. Firmly out. I told you Saturday night. You turned and looked at me and said, yeah, bet on Conor McGregor. I said, no, I, did. I just put $75 on Dustin. And you said you're an idiot. I might have. But I, I also told you that it would end in the first round. I didn't say who. You did say it would end in the first round. You didn't say who would end in the first round, but, but I did win money on it, so I'm happy about that. And we're happy for you. Yeah, so super also interesting thing that I just thought of. Not interesting. Why, embarrassing. I just want to test out the raise the hand feature. I think it could come in handy, you know, so I don't interrupt. But imagine you're waiting. I have a very important package being delivered to the apartment. <laughs> um, and I just didn't know. I couldn't miss it, really. I couldn't. 
because they had a sign for it. So I couldn't really miss the delivery window, which I had the day before because I was still sleeping from Miami. <laughs> uh, and I still owe sleep back from Miami. I need, I need to get caught up on that fast. But I was supposed to sign for it. So I had this plan. I was like, just kind of going to wait outside by my car uh, in the window that I thought he'd arrive. It was like about an hour or so window. So I sit out there and then he, he finally pulls up, but he pulled up way closer to our apartment than I thought. So he was walking to our door and I got out of my car to kind of walk behind him. And I just fully like social anxiety, awkwardness, panicked. And instead of just being a normal person saying, hey, is that for Grant from apartment blank? I didn't say a word. And I walked up like he was setting the package down at the apartment front door, the official like front door where you need a code to get in. I was like, oh, if that package is for someone inside, uh, I can like do the code and let you in. So I do that. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I know. I, I walk in. I'm in front of him now. And I go right down the stairs and it hits me. I'm like, he's going to be following me. So like, I can't just like walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> so I walk down. I, uh, I don't, I can't stop at my door and be like, oh yeah, like, I guess that's for me. Like, <laughs> obviously, like, I probably realize it is. I wasn't 100% sure it was mine. I just no, had a really good feeling. you knew it was yours. So I just turned to the right instead, went down the hallway and like went up the stairs and then just kind of was like, all right, I'll just wait for him to leave. But then I, again, I was like, wait, what if he needs a signature again and he doesn't leave it? Um, it has a happy ending because I heard him leave. I came downstairs, turned the corner and sitting there. So he did leave it there even though there was supposed to be a signature. So I got lucky. But then I was, I like, we just sat down on the couch for like 30 minutes. I was like, why did you do like that? Like you could have just said, hey, I think that's my package. Like I was just thinking he was thinking I was like stalking him or something. He probably thought I was trying to rob it, honestly, because I he went to put it down in our, the front outside door and then he picked it up when he saw me walking because like he can't just like leave it there as someone's like walking right behind him. So all time awkward move. So dumb. So dumb. So whenever I like critique anyone in the sports world, just know what a dingus I am and like don't take it for a grain of salt, at least this episode, because I need a couple of chops for that one. Yeah, it's super embarrassing. Speaking of embarrassing or not great or awkward or chops, the Detroit Tigers draft. I'm not saying I personally had a beef with it, but I can tell you this. They tweeted out that we drafted Jackson Job, the right-handed pitcher, like 18 years old, third pick in the draft. And uh, anyone want to take a guessing game on the amount of replies to that tweet? 412. Over 600. Ah, 376. Pause. So both over, you'd lose in prices right by Alex was closer. And I didn't read all of them, obviously. No one has time for that. Well, some weirdos that probably live in their mom's basement have time for that. But... It's, it was mostly negative. It was mostly negative things about what are you doing? What is this franchise doing? Why did you take him? Why didn't you take uh, Marcelo Mayer, who everyone wanted to take at the shortstop who went next? So I would say, yeah, that was a big uh, controversial draft. And I kind of want to get your guys' perspective. I'm really interested to hear from Evan because I know he, uh, you know, he, get, he really loves the Tigers pipeline here. It's been all over it. So, Evan, what did you take away after the MLB draft wrapped up? Uh, I was watching the updates on my phone and I got a, I was in a meeting, coaches meeting for travel baseball right before it started. Got a notification saying uh, 
the Pirates drafted Henry Davis, I believe his kid's name is. I was like, I can't believe it. This is unbelievable. We're either going to get the shortstop or we're going to get lighter. Got the second notification. Rangers, guess what? They don't mess it up. They drafted lighter. Good for them. And by this time, I'm we're like deep in conversation with our meeting, and then it was like pick eight or something. And I was like, who did we draft? Like we drafted a pitcher. I was like, okay, cool. We got Kumar Rocker. Wrong. Nope. Jackson Job. And I said, who? <laughs> Corn Elder. And who? And so, so like while other people are talking in the meeting, I'm probably inappropriately scrolling through my phone on Twitter, trying to find like any information I can find about this kid. First thing I find is like he's the number seven overall prospect. Okay, so he's not like way out of range. He's somewhere in that range. I get it. He's the number one high school pitching prospect in the draft, which isn't terrible. He has, they say, one of the best pitches in the draft with his slider. It has a high spin rate, oh, wherever you want. But he's 18 and he's young. Now, you look at the current state of the Lions Tigers. farm system, roster. Did I say Lions? Yes. Yeah, you're thinking about next segment. <laughs> yeah, I am. Tigers farm system, excuse me. Uh, and, and you wonder, what are we doing? Your best asset right now is you have the two young kids, three young kids down in the farm system, and then you have your pitching. Those are the two, and then everything else is needed. Like you have a couple good catching prospects up for the Tigers right now. Riley Green raked today. Mm-hmm. There's your uh, minor league segment for the day, or it was yesterday he had like five RBIs or something, he had a triple and a double. Torkelson, and then you have your pitchers who are up in for the Tigers organization right now. Get the shortstop and build for the future. We're going to talk about the next question here, but I don't want to get into it that much. But going into the draft, I didn't know we had that uh, what was called competitive balance compensation pick, round pick 32. Mm-hmm. I didn't know we had a second first round pick. If I knew that going in before we picked that kid and after we picked that kid, I would have been even more frustrated. You have a second first-round pick to draft any pitcher you want. And the 12th overall prospect fell to you at 32. You could have been happy with the number one overall prospect in the draft at three. He fell to you. The Pirates are handing you a gift, and you pass on. To me, it seems like Avila is safe for a very long time Mm -hmm. because he doesn't feel pressure. All the fans know what position to draft. You could have picked at least a 1,000 different Tigers fans, who will be drafting? They're, they're going to say one of the top shortstops or lighter. That's what they would do. And so I feel Avila is safe for a long time. What else did I write down? There's Avila needs to quit trying to be the smartest guy in the room oh. and try to like overanalyze everything. And to where you're drafting this high school based off of potential because he has a higher upside. It doesn't make sense. And they were talking about how the MLB network nonstop throughout the draft. You build a roster through the straight up the middle. So catcher, pitcher, center fielder. That's what you build up through. Akil Badu is pretty solid as of right now. Badu. Roddick Green could play there, or you have the corner outfielders. You have a decent starting pitching for the Tigers right now. Casey Mize, Matt Manning, and Scooble. And then you have a three solid catching prospects. You need that shortstop. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you miss on it. And before I keep on talking, I just want to say, like, you look at, we looked at, watch the All-Star game. And how many 21, 22-year-olds were in the All-Star game? And they're going to be like, oh, the shortstop's too young. He's not going to play right away. Yeah. I disagree. 
There is a chance for him, if you can hit, you're going to come to the majors. Vladimir Guerrero, all-star MVP. Vladimir Guerrero was up at 21, 20 years old in the majors ranking. Tatis was up at 19, 20 years old. There's a chance for young athletes to get into the majors right away. If this shortstop is doable, you had to take a chance on him. And if not, you better sign one of the free agents that Grant's been begging for in the last two months. You better sign one. Otherwise, it doesn't matter because the Illiches don't care and Avila has his job for the next 10 years. Evan, thank you. Thank you for remembering. Because I was about to say, guys, what have I said a million times that we need to sign in the offseason? A shortstop. Could have drafted one. They're much cheaper that way. I would like to, before we move on, just acknowledge that was one of the better rants un- unfiltered. That was that was a Valenti 97-1-esque. You didn't um, even say a bad word. No, not really. You just rolled right through that thing. It's good stuff. I agree with all of it, by the way. So, you, so Alex, you're more negative on it. I'm well, not, I hate it. I'm not saying I'm positive about it, but I think it, I'd be a nice buffer. I just did write down some good things about Jackson Job so I can throw those out there just so it's, we see more – Full perspective yeah, on tell bias. us about his great potential. So, first and foremost, hard hitting Jackson Job is a name. It's a cool name that like you just can visualize success in the MLB with that name. Um, some might say, Grant, why do you care about those things? Like you have to factor in the stats and just the intangibles, and his name's an intangible. His dad is a professional athlete; he's a golfer. Um, I believe was on the tour at some point, might still be. I don't want to disrespect the man. His last name is also Job. I'm sure you can find him. So he's got some pedigree there. I kind of like that. The kid knows what it takes. Oklahoma State Player of the Year, his stats here, which are kind of insane. Now, I know it's high school. high school baseball. Right? But still insane. 0.14. 9-0 record, 0.13 ERA, over 51 innings. And in those 51 innings, he had 122 Ks. So that is an average of almost over 2Ks per inning, which is just crazy when you think about it. Like you're walking up there and at least two guys are getting struck out in the inning. One big thing was a theme for the whole draft is we like guys with sliders that have high RPM rates. Uh, Rotations per minute is the acronym for that. And this kid is rumored, uh, I don't know if it was officially clocked on a gun, to have a 3,000 RPM slider at the young age of 18. The highest RPM on that pitch in the majors is 2,650. Um, Evan is kind of predicting that that's going to lead to a Tommy John surgery of sorts. Um, I can't disagree with that, but I have to give the people the facts. And then the average slider is 2,090. So they're saying his slider could have over 1,000 more RPMs. And we don't believe he's using any sticky stuff down there in high school, but who knows. And now the bad side. The unbiased bad side. Um, shout out to the new Barcelona hire, Chris Castellani, Tigers reporter, I'll call him. You know, at Barcelona, don't really have reporters. He's a writer for them. Um, he wrote up an article, which I read, that listed out all the starting pitchers in the draft since 2006 who were the first high school pitcher selected. Doesn't mean they were first round, just first high school pitcher selected in that draft. So 06, we have Clayton Kershaw. So you're excited, right? You're like, Clayton Kershaw. That would be incredible. Well, just hold on. It gets worse. I'll go. It gets worse. Jared Parker. Who? Ethan Martin. Who? Matt Hobgood. Oh. Now these two, James Talion. I think I'm pretty. Jameson Tyon. He was all right. 
<laughs> James Italian. That meatballs. Uh, Dylan Bundy. We know he's all right. Max Freed in the show. Cole Stewart. Brady Aiken. Kobe Allard. I don't know that. Like 90% of these. Kobe Allard's with the Rangers right now. He's okay. Yeah, I've been using the feature. I love that. Uh, Ian Anderson. Mackenzie Gore. Ryan Weathers. Jackson Rutledge. And Nick Abel. So. Evan. Evan, thoughts on that list in, in general? It's some Okay, now that I'm with my long range, here's some positive okay. thoughts to this. Um, I didn't see much highlights. I didn't see, like, the tape or whatnot, but I know he has, like, a fastball and he has that slider. For the pitch in the majors, you need that third pitch. That's why Jack Lightwell was so useful. However, you mentioned Dylan Bundy. Bundy was up in the majors in six months from the time he was drafted. Wow. Out of high school. And so he's one of the youngest guys to have the quickest transition. And so that gives some promise that could he do it? Could he be make that jump in six months? Possibly. Am I going to say it's happening? No. But just some – there's a chance there. I'm not saying it's never been done because it has. Bundy did it. I shouldn't just kind of speak out of nothing here, but I could have swore I saw a tweet as well talking about Rick Porcello making a quick jump to the majors and the tires were – organization believes that Job has more upside than Porcello and Dylan Bundy. And I think they weren't ruling him out of being like in the Tigers uniform by like age 20. So that would be pretty cool. And I do understand I, I didn't pay, I didn't pull up last year's draft. I, I should have, but like you said, Evan, right now the, the main promising guys that have yet to really be in the majors for us are all position skill players, not skill players, position players. Um, so at some point you do need to replenish your farm system pitching. And I think that kind of goes to the whole trend of taking as many right-handed pitchers as we did to even just, even if they end up strong bullpen guys, we basically just took right-handed pitchers, um, mainly college ones after Job that have good sliders. And I also think I read an article from Cody Stavenhagen in the athletic that our pitching staff, Chris Freder, who I would trust ride or die. That's his preference when it comes to pitchers. So I do like that our wise coaching staff is having some influence on the draft as a whole. Another good thing is they did take with their third pick, a second rounder, a shortstop that is a top 30 pipeline talent right now. Um, so that's good. But the chop, Evan, because you kept talking about the pipeline talent rankings, which is important. It was kind of funny. The tires set them up for some kind of chops, I would say, with their tweet. They were like, oh, we came out of the first round with two top 10 MLB talent pipeline prospects. Uh, one, the Texas kid, Ty Madden, who I like a lot because I think he'll be up sooner than later. And a lot of people that know baseball like them, so that makes me like them because I don't know them as well. So we have Ty Madden and Jackson Jove as top 10 prospects, but like what they failed to mention is, hey, uh, Marcel Mayer was the number one overall prospect, so you could have just had him. Like, it's cool that we got two top 10 guys, seven and nine in the rankings, but you could have just had number one and also potentially number nine at pick 32, like Evan said. But there, I should caveat to you, there's a lot of things I was reading. I was trying to learn about slots in the draft. You like have to slot for money values, and it gets kind of um, weird about how much money you can spend. So some people were theorizing that we took we took Job so we had more money for that 32nd pick, but I don't know necessarily if that's like, 100% true. I don't know exactly know how it works. So 
I'm not going to speak more on that. I just know that it's something out there. So if anyone's yelling at us like, hey, the slots, the money, like it didn't work out that way, at least we are aware of it. Hey, Evan, are you reading a book? I'm writing down notes. You got a lot of pages you're flipping through there. Was... Yep. Sorry, my bad, man. No, you're fine. I always have sensitive ears. You guys covered a lot. I don't think I need to drag on anymore. Three of the four, first four picks were right-handed pitchers, as Grant said. Yeah, I don't know. I thought we should build up more in the position players. I definitely wanted a shortstop with the first pick that we had. Didn't do it. And if anyone thinks that us not drafting that shortstop means we're going to sign one this offseason, hasn't watched this team for like several years because I don't think we that's don't a guarantee spend. at all. We don't spend. It'd be cool. If they do sign a shortstop, I'll forgive this whole thing and be like, yep, we had a plan, but until I see it happen. Right. This all comes back down to if uh, we don't spend this summer, this rebuild is just going to keep uh, keep prolonging itself until it's just a permanent dumpster fire, as I've mentioned before. I'll even take Corey Seager. I'd take anyone. Just spend some money and make it look like we're trying. I don't know if I'm a Trevor Story guy. I don't think I'd be behind that. Why? It's 11 home runs this year. I don't know. Just Didn't like his haircut? Didn't like no. how he wore his hat yesterday? No. It's not why I wouldn't take him. Um, did anyone have anything on the six eight three hundred pitcher that we drafted? That guy looks awesome, massive. Um, and he has a mustache. So he's a former tackle, played for football. <laughs> um, has a sick mustache. Yes. Um, uh, and people were hyping up over how big he was. Other yeah. than that, not not much. Yeah, I mean, that was you basically nailed it on the head. I'd like to see him be our closer one day. I think that'd be awesome. See you guys in twenty twenty five. When all these draft picks are eligible for the majors. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's some rules that, you know, I've been knows about. We don't. I also kind of felt bad for Jackson Job. And I feel like he's like a you gotta say his full name guy, you know, instead of just Job. Like Jackson, Jackson. Job. Yeah. But I'm not wearing it on the first name basis. What about JJ? Oh, no, there's one in Michigan named that. We can't we can't mix into that territory. Not for me. But yeah, for you, because you're a member <laughs> of a uh, national Michigan podcast. So for Jackson Job, it was kind of it kind of stink. Like it's the biggest day of your life, and you just got picked third, and you go to the tweet by the team that just drafted you, and everyone's just like shitting on the pick. Like it's just like the, the most toxic like comment section of all time. Like They're probably he shouldn't even bother to look. At what are you doing, Avila? Like he's 18 years old. Of course, the first thing he's gonna be doing is checking the Twitter feed, and it's just like yikes. Like log off, buddy, or checking Google to see how much he's gonna get for a signing bonus. But as everyone loves loves to say, all of us are rooting for him to do great. Obviously, we may have done something different, but now that he's with us, we are ride or die. At least I am, Jackson Job guy, ride or die. Me Hope too. he's awesome. Hope he's the next. Hope he's a great player in 2025. Yeah. Evan, did you have any more on the tires? Um, I did not. You know, if we had recorded, because if, you know, we were all busy, so it didn't happen. But if we had recorded, I was going to come in here pounding the table how good we were, and then we got swept by the Twins, yes. and then it <laughs> kind of fell off, and everybody kind of was like a hush-hush about it. Because um, there was a chance, last time we talked, right, and we talked about, like, there's a chance we could get to, like, five games below 500, and we were hovering around there right before we went to the Twin Series. Dude, I had the, I was like pulling up the podcast. I was ready to make that clip. I think it was like five games back of the wild card. And Alex said, "There's no chance that's happening." And we and got to like, right. yep, yep, yep. we got like the eight or seven. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's happening!" But and who was correct? It's also crazy how in baseball it's such a long season, but just like one series 
terrible series against a team like the Twins and you're like completely out on the team again. You know, like I don't even feel good about them coming back from the break, even if they do well. It's like that just shot us right in the foot. Um, but a team that hasn't had a chance to disappoint us yet is the Detroit Lions. Your Detroit Lions. And let me tell you, boys, this segment I think people love, or at least they just love the graphic that we put out. Talking like almost 100 likes, which for some people is like, what? Like Addison Ray's. Not a big deal. Addison Ray's probably like 100 likes. Like, I could post a picture of my fingernail and get more than that. But for us and our kind of our engagement is that's pretty good for for an Instagram post for us. So I don't know if they're actually listening to this part, but obviously for the diehards, we have to explain our picks. And I enjoy doing it. It's actually one of the more mentally taxing things I do every week, just looking at this depleted roster in this range and thinking like who is worthy of the 20th through like 16 picks on this team. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Without further ado, we're doing 20 through 16 today of our top 25 Detroit Lions players. I went first last time. Uh, do you guys have a preference? Like, we just do the same order we did last time. So my 20th player on the Detroit Lions roster going into this year. Remember, these can be based on projections, not just past results. I have cornerback Amani Borier. Uh, I hope I did okay in the pronunciation Great there. Great job. Um, I was going to have him higher, but I got swindled by a couple articles saying this is like his make or break year with us because we have spent some draft picks. We made some acquisitions on cornerbacks and he has a, he's been okay. Uh, I did it because like when I watched him play, I think he does well. I think he's been solid, but maybe, uh, you know, I've missed some games here and there where he had blunders. I know he led the team in pass interference penalties, so that's never great out of your corner, but I have hopes for him with our new defensive coordinator. And that's why I have him at 20th on this list. 20th on my list. First, shout out Ford Field. Shout out the Ford family. We're full capacity next year. All fans are a go. Yes. So 20th, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Levi. Um, on, somebody help me. Anzarecki. Yep, there we go. The big boy from Washington, or defensive tackle. Uh, I put him at this spot solely based on he's a high draft pick, and he's going to play right away. Uh, defensive line was bad last year. This roster is bad, so I feel like he'll be like a young standout um, and like worth a pick in the second round. Yeah, no, I like that pick. Little tease for my list. Twenty for me is uh, safety Will Harris from my uh, Boston College. Ooh. Okay, sell me him. It's just solely based on the fact that he's going to have to play safety. He's going to be out there, and the starters should be in the top 20, considering there's 22 starters. I don't necessarily agree with that. So I, think, uh, I think he'll make a, a leap forward as well with some better uh, secondary coaching, and uh, he can hit hard. So Will Harris, 20. And then 19, everyone's favorite Detroit line. Stand up, Hawaii. Jelani Tavai is 19 for me. I know you guys don't have him on your list. That's fine. I think he's going to improve this year. He isn't terrible. He's bad, but he's not terrible. And as much as you guys don't like it, he's going to play a lot. And hopefully, you know, with our new coaches, our new schemes, maybe he'll uh, he'll be better. And if he gets cut, then, you know, I'll take him off my list. Imagine saying he's bad, not terrible, as your defense for a guy for being the 19th player on the Lions. 
That's how bad the Lions are at this current moment. So both of Alex's top 20 picks did not even make my 25-man roster. So that's just interesting, and that's why people love this segment. You just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And now it goes to Evan. If you can uh, My 19th <laughs> pick is Trey Flowers. Whoa. Um, Whoa. He's a guy that should be up there higher, but production ever since he signed a big contract, what's new? Patriots signing a big contract coming over here, doesn't produce because you have a poncho wearing guy, can't evaluate talent. Um, he was productive in some systems, and I expect him to be more productive with the new defensive coordinator. Um, and we're going to need him to be more productive. And it's one of these spots where, like, it's either produce or get cut or move on. Um, so I'm expecting he's going to feel a little bit pressure, uh, especially from the new coaching staff. And so that's why I had Trey Flowers at 19. You know, Evan, I respect you a lot for that pick because he's a guy that, based on his name and the amount of money he makes, when you look at our cap breakdown, I'm like, I have to have this guy higher in my list when I'm really not that excited to watch him play football. I hope he proves me wrong this year. But I respect you for going out on that limb and be like, you know what? I'm putting him in 19. <laughs> um, but he's better than Tavai, so I feel good about Trey Flowers this year. No surprise, though. I seem to be the, the one that's off here. Uh, well, being off is a relative term. Uh, 19, I have Levi Onzarecki. So Evan and I both have him in this range. I ranked him higher than Aline McNeil, who I did in my top 25, the first five. Just because I think, you know, obviously they took Levi first and he has some plays in college that you're like, whoa, like when he bull, ro- bull rushes and dude back into the quarterback, it just kind of surprises you. And I think he's going to be good. And like you said, Evan, he's going to get playing time, which is a big factor in this list. And then it goes back to me. So 18, I'm going to go to the other safety, Tracy Walker. Tracy Walker, revival year this year in Detroit. I was looking at some sweaty stats from PFF. Um, before he came to us, he was, I believe, like he had a 90 PFF grade a couple seasons ago. And he's been in the 70s with Detroit ever since. Um, again, as Evan says, Poncho. Did wearing, we draft him? I read Tennessee. Yes. I read Tennessee. He played at Tennessee in college. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I thought he played at some small like New Mexico State school. Well, this all seems like semantic, guys. I would say I'm I made a mistake somewhere. I'm 99% sure that we drafted him. Alex, you're a lookup guy. That I'm was looking. your show from the game. Anyways. No, we definitely drafted him, but I don't think he played at Tennessee. Semantics, I know. Like well, I said, sometimes I made an error, a clerical error. He did here. not play at Tennessee. He was drafted by the Lions, and okay. he did play at a small school, Louisiana Lafayette. So that's good. That's actually even better then. That means he had one of his 90-grade seasons with the Lions and then had struggled. Uh, is it, how many? Can you go back to that page? Rookie mistake. Don't close the page if we're still talking about the guy. <laughs> but uh, how many seasons? Three. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so it checks out. So his first one was pretty good. The next two were all right. Um, but now that we have a different scheme out of the poncho-wearing guy, uh, I believe our whole secondary gets a bump, and that's why you see Amani on my list and Tracy Walker on this list. So now it goes to back to Evan. Uh, 18, I have Quintez Cephas. Okay. Um, the dog likes that. Got dogs barking, you know, hyped up for Quintez Cephas. Uh, he played a little bit last year due to wide receivers getting injured, some people sitting out. Um, produced a little bit with Stafford as the quarterback, and I expect him having to produce. Um, as of right now, he's projected like the number one slot. And so with it's solely based on 
he's going to play. And if he doesn't produce, then we're going to be in a hurt on the offensive side. Uh, and he's the slowest, smallest wide receiver on this list. So that's why I have him at 18. Number two slot behind the Monroe St. Brown. Oh, spoilers. In my humble opinion. Uh, Alex. 18 might catch more grief for this one. I think, Grant, you uh, personally will have him a lot higher. I'm going with the corner, Jeff Okuda. Uh, unfortunately, he did not play well last what are we year doing as much as you want to say. What I kind know, of circus are we running? I know the only Jeff stories. Okuda game you watched last year happened to be the Cardinals, so you think he's some you know, Patrick Peterson-level corner. When oh, he went he off in that game. However, he uh, he really struggled. He looked slow at times, and I do think he'll be better. He's will be healthy, and so I think putting him at eighteen was nice of me. Honestly. I really, and I hope he's better. Trust me, but I, I can't really just base want, it on what I saw. Last I really time. want you to name the eighteen better players on this roster. That would spoil the whole segment. But like, I'm actually upset. You have Jeff. Okay I in actually, the top five. I actually want to break this pen. I think it's so disrespectful, Jeff, and it's not the vibes you need to send. I'm, to him I'm sorry, I have to base it a little bit on his track hurt. record in the NFL, and he was not good. He got hurt. Year. He was in a terrible system. He was rated, I think, the worst corner in the NFL at one point during the season last year. He had a great game. That he I had one watched. game that you watched. You watched one of his games. One. Don't lie to the people. So, you watched one game. So disrespectful. One good. One, I don't one, bad one game live. I watched every game on the condensed version. I hope he plays Not a big better. Deal. I hope he plays better. Not a big deal. Doesn't mean I'm not rooting for him. Just that's a side note. If you ever, if you love the NFL, you should just buy the. Uh, I think it's called Game Pass. NFL.com Game Pass. You can watch like condensed games after for sixty minutes. It's great. It's just straight through. No commercials. Just right to the next snap of the ball. Seventeen. Anyways, that's ridiculous. I don't even want. I don't. I don't even want to hear seventeen, sixteen. To be honest with you, from you, well, but you have just to. Awfully dramatic because you have to look at reality sometimes, Grant. And he just wasn't very good last year. He's small and he looked slow. So now seventeen, uh, another Ohio State Buckeye, uh, Jonah Jackson. Is that a weird reaction, Evan, or you just hate it, or? I accidentally flipped my mouse on accident. Sorry, my bad. Jonah Jackson, I thought he played pretty well last year. He was a rookie last year, and uh, I think he'll continue to improve. But he's, of all the starters on the offensive line, he's uh, the worst. So that's why he falls to 17. Well, he's the worst. You gave me crap for Vitae. Yeah, I don't think Vitae will start. Who's starting at right guard, Alex? Jonah Jackson. Oh my god! Dude, you don't know anything about this team. What? Why? Why does Vitae have to start? He didn't even start last year. Uh, Put yeah, Crosby in over Vitae. Oh my god! I guess it's good to have a balance on the podcast because this is. Absurd. Are you serious? You think- I'm in a. I'm in a loony bin. You think Vitae is going to start? This is a movie. Where's Ashton Kutcher? Are we watching Frank? <laughs> you think that Vitae? Oh, there he is. <laughs> Yes, I believe he's going to start at right guard. I think they're going to move him in from the outside. Tackle where he played a little bit last season. We'll see. I still think well, Jonah, Jackson's Jonah Jackson played left guard last year, so I, I would assume he would stay at left guard. Why not move to right? That's what he played in college. Maybe he doesn't want to move. Either way, I still think he's better than Vitae. It's not close. Vitae's one of the worst guards I've ever seen. So you have Tyrell Crosby higher in this list because you said he's the worst of the starting linemen. 
fine. I'm just trying I to figure out. Vitae <laughs> is the worst of the offensive line. Okay, that's what it all stemmed from. I was yes. like, who else is ahead Sorry. of us? Sorry. Sorry, I'm not perfect over there because you think Jeff Okuda is a top No, we know you're not perfect. You have Tavai in this. <laughs> you have Jeff Okuda in this range. You have Jeff Okuda and Tavai almost like the same that's how bad Jeff team. Okuda was last year, and you're just cool, in denial right. about it. You are. <laughs> Look at his stats. Watch his tape. It's not about that. He had a bad rookie year. He got hurt in the middle of the year as well. He's going to be better this year. Based he actually on. has a secondary coach. The whole defense is so hard to judge because their scheme was so bad. So then how can you judge my picks if it's so hard to judge? Because you're just not seeing it the right way. Mm-hmm. We'll see. God, I can't wait to see. Just be so right. You're going to make me buy a Jeff Okuda jersey. He went to Ohio State. I'm surprised. Dude, he's on the Lions now. I don't see colleges. Nice. <laughs> okay, so Sorry, uh, 17, yeah. I have Brashard Perriman. Like, a lot like Quintez Cephas, he's at this spot because he's going to have to play with our depleted wide receiver core. Um, he's a bigger body. He shows off against weaker opponents like he did against the Lions last year. And he's going to probably start on the outside opposite of Tyrell Williams. Um, and bigger, faster, stronger than Quintez Cephas. So that's why I have him ahead of him. So he's at 17 for me. Okay. No qualms there. I'm not just being biased because Alex has got me riled up today. Because you'll see, at 17, I have Jonah Jackson. So uh, shout out Alex to that. I think we had him in the same slot. Um, but I, do. Have, I have him slotted in the left guard. It uh, doesn't really matter. I They're think, all going to move around. I think he'll be the fourth of the five best starting linemen we have this year. Um, that actually might be, you know, now I think about it, like I'm just banking on Panay being good year one. But honestly, Jonah could be looking better than Panay just at least start the year. But obviously, based on the pedigree, we expect Panay to end up being better than him. And then to end out my this version of my five, the 16th player I have is who Evan just talked about, Rashad Perryman. So I have nothing really else to add there other than he helped win me a fantasy football season one year uh, when he was on the Bucks with Jameis because all their receivers got hurt and he stepped up. So I know he's capable of being a guy, the number one, for like at least a couple weeks during the season. He's never put it all together. Um, but then he went to the Jets, and you can't judge anyone when they're on the Jets because that just is the Jets. So I think he can be productive. And like Evan said, bigger, faster, stronger. He's an athletic freak, so he'll be fun to watch. And at least he'll look intimidating on the field. So my last pick at 16, correct? Mm-hmm. I have a guy that I was raving about in the draft. He might be a little bit low on this list, but some people are saying he might be a little too too high. I have a Monroe St. Brown. Right. Um, I'm a huge fan of him. I think, like Grant said, he's potentially just starting a slot. Um, he has to beat out Cephas for that, but Done. I think he's going to be like a go-to target in the offense. Um, very good route runner, very good ball skills, freakish athletic. He can run almost any single route. So I wouldn't be shocked if I'm wearing a St. Brown jersey week one. I would um, be. Quote me were. on it. Um, he's at 16. It's solely because he hasn't played a single snap in the NFL, and I haven't seen anything. So, I mean, if he had played a year, I'm guessing next year when we do this list, he's probably going to be my top five. And so I can't wait. Top? Yeah, he probably – yeah, he could easily jump into the top five next year. Yeah. 
No, I agree. I was looking at rookie wide receiver numbers from last year, and I was because I was like, where do I put him? So, spoiler for our next show, we'll see. But I'm basing off that, and I agree with Evan. Just a huge fan. He's at 16 for me. Big fan of that guy. 16, I got Jason Cabinda. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Jason Cabinda is not on my list. Just, no, just want to scare people. 16. I got Jason Wilkinson at 16. <laughs> Shout out JMW24. The batter corner currently on the Lions. Amani, Awarie, Grant, you can complain. I don't really care anymore what you have to say. Uh, I thought he's played pretty well. Um, he does get a lot. He already covered him. He gets a lot of penalties, but I think he has uh, looked pretty good. And he looked a lot better in his rookie year compared to Jeff Okuda's rookie year. They were not in the same class, but. He was much better than Jeff Okuda, and so that is why I'm putting him ahead of Jeff Okuda for now, and this could all change next year. But Grant thinks that my list is set in stone for the next five years. Your list is a joke. You had him at 18. Your list is a joke. You had a warrior at 18. We had Jonah Jackson at 17. I had a warrior at 20. Thanks for listening. That's why we do a recap at the end. I had Mania <laughs> Warrior, Levi Onzarecki, Tracy Walker, Jonah Jackson, and Brashad Perryman. Evan, who'd you have? I have Levi Onzarecki at 20, Trey Flowers at 19, Quintus Cephas, Brashad Perryman, and Amonra St. Brown at 16. 20, Will Harris. 19, Jelani Tuai. 18, Jeff Okuda. 17, Jonah Jackson. 16, Amani Owarie. The best list and the most accurate list. Nice. Let's transition from our Lions to the third out of four Detroit sports teams, the Pistons. No rumor mill segment of the week. No. Skipping that this we week. chopped it out this week for to talk a little bit about the open. So I was trying to do some budget and the rumors were uh, good, don't get me wrong, but they'll be it's kinda uh, like in a relationship, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, so the people won't have it for a week and they're really gonna be fiending for it next week. And also, honestly, these hypothetical trades are kind of rumors as well, so we kind of get like a feel for it. Um, so with our Detroit Pistons, we are getting closer and closer to the draft every day, really. That's how time works, actually. You know, days go by and then next thing you know, the draft will be here and we'll be nervous. All over again, almost as nervous as the lottery because I'm actually starting to get nervous with all the smoke out there about this draft. Mm. And what we see here is there's a couple, you know, NBA reporters that are needle movers online, I would say. Woj, Shams, and uh, a couple others. But so when Shams writes an athletic article, my ears perk up and I see that he reports that the Rockets have been aggressive after the number one pick. Now, I don't know really what aggressive means. Are they trying to sneak into Troy's office like CP3 did when he played for the Rockets and tried to sneak into the opposing locker room? Or maybe that was with the Clippers. But uh, that aggressive, you know, I don't really know. I don't really know what aggressive means. I just don't like it when people are really coming after the first pick. I do like it because, like, we have it, and it feels good to be in, in the uh, catbird seat. But it makes me nervous. And then our own beat writer – James Edwards for the athletic. Um, he, James Edward the third, let me state that as well. He's the third, uh, did a hypothetical trades article. So again, all hypothetical. These aren't from anywhere. Uh, no one has said these have been offered. 
And it was kind of cool. He had the other athletic beat writers on from those teams to kind of talk about would they do those trades or not. And so before we get into the actual hypothetical trades and put on our GM caps, um, do you guys value any of the buzz surrounding Cade or is it kind of all just falling on deaf ears and you're like, you know, I'm just blocking that out. Last week it was still ramping up and it gets hotter and hotter. I'm just going to keep ignoring it. Or are you starting to like let it creep into you a little bit like it is for me and it's kind of getting to you a little bit? I value it and I kind of like hearing about it. Is that weird? I like like seeing all these hypotheticals. I like seeing teams that want the number one pick. It just makes me think, you know, Cade is a clear consensus number one. Mm -hmm. Everyone wouldn't be reaching out if not. And ultimately, we still get to decide if we want to take him or we don't. And I trust Troy Weaver, whatever he does. So I do, uh, I do value the smoke. Well, that sent, well, that one that makes sense because that's why you're the rumor mill guy of the week. Yeah, we got you're perfect guy for the role. But so you trust Troy no matter what he does, no matter what. So if we get rid of that pick, my GM, I trust. If we get rid of that pick and we take Jalen Green, you're cool with it. Or we no. just, or if we just draft Jalen Green at one, he's he's your GM. Like no. you're not wavering. Yeah, I mean, you give him a fair shot. I'm wavering. I'll be honest. If he does that, I will change my view. I'll keep my faith in him. Nope, so I'm off. You're I gonna jump just, off the you'll... boat so fast. <laughs> I was forced myself to stay underwater. If he doesn't draft anybody besides Gabe Cunningham, Evan on draft night is like you just picture uh, in movies when you're at the pool and it's like the really really high dive. Evan's there in a speedo up on that board, just standing there waiting. And if uh, we take Cage, he just slowly walks back down and cheers. But if if we take Jalen Green and we trade it, he just leaps off that thing into a swan dive. I'm gone. Into uh, Cleveland or Indiana, and now he's a Pacers or a Cavs fan. That's Going off of like, the rumors, I, I don't like them. I get why they're doing them. People have jobs to do. People want to create buzz. I just hate seeing more and more of them when I feel like he's a sure pick. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure the Rockets, I mean, I, who wouldn't want Kate Cunningham on their team? Like, But, like, the whole notion of the Rockets just taking, like, a little jabs at the Pistons, like, oh, if the Pistons don't want them, if they aren't interested in them, if we're trying to jump them, or, hey, even if the Pistons pass on them, like, those little subtle jabs, I mean, there's got to, like, like I always say, when there's smoke, there's fire. Um, and there could be a little bit of rumors going around where, hey, there's a small chance that the Pistons might actually pass on them. Um, so I'm getting more nervous as the days get closer to the draft. I wish that the Pistons would just come out and say, we're drafting Kate Cunningham and it's over. But obviously they're not going to do that. That'd be so awesome if they just said it. <laughs> and, and, I mean, if we had a good track record of just drafting the right guy every single year, I wouldn't be as nervous as I am right now. Um, but with Troy Weaver, I do trust him. But he only has one year of credit under his belt, and that was last year. So we'll see where it goes. Um, I just hope it's Cade. Yeah. Oh, no, really? I hope it's Cade, too. Uh, I'm thinking for the hypothetical trades, since there's eight of them, I'll propose them. You guys can go like a quick yes or no. And then if anyone's passionate enough about it or wants to tweak it at all, you know, you can follow up, but you don't have to have some long, drawn-out answer for each of these because, like I said, there's a couple of – there's a decent amount of them. Um, we'll start from the first one and work down. So these are like – you can kind of see it's like teams that are farther back in the lottery, the way they laid it out. So we have the Pelicans. They want to do business with us. 
hypothetically, again, all hypothetical, we would, so I did, we, I'll do what we would receive and what they would receive. We'd receive Brandon Ingram and the number 10 pick in the draft, giving up the number one pick, Corey Joseph, Mason Plumley, and Josh Jackson. Pass. Pass. I pass as well. I think this one would make us better, like, immediately. But I don't ultimately think having Brand Ingram and Jeremy Grant on the same squad makes, like, a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. And the number 10 pick is kind of far from one. Yep. No thanks. Okay, so we could redeem ourselves from last year's draft. Um, the, Pist- the Kings would give us Tyrese Halliburton, the number nine pick, and then their 2023 first round pick. And we would give up the number one pick and Mason Plumley. No chance. We wouldn't even get a first round pick this year. Yeah, we get their nine pick. Oh, the number ninth nine. and a first next year. And next year's first. And they'll probably be bad, Evan, so maybe, I don't know. Give me Darren Fox, and I will seriously highly consider it instead of Halliburton. Now that is how you negotiate, folks. Yeah, I would do that. I would shift it for that. Yeah, yeah so I'll so pass on this current one just because it would also sting. I'll like, pass on the current one, but hey, my negotiating cap is on, and I am ready. Because this one would sting, too, because like we could have had Halliburton. So it's like we should have just drafted him. Kenny could be just as good. Give him time. From the Matt Orlando Magic have called now. We would get the their the number five number five the number five pick in the draft and the number eight pick in the draft. They own both of those and Wendell Carter, who they got from the Bulls last season, and then they would get the number one pick and Mason Plumley, who seems to be in a lot of these trades. I like Pass. it. Yeah, I like it until uh, the player was Wendell Carter. Just don't. Yeah, can him. I almost get almost any other young player that you have on your team? Wendell Carter cannot shoot. Markel Fultz. Um, and he's not. No, give me Jonathan Isaac. I don't think they do that. Well, then I it's don't no think deal. They do that either. Simple no deal. Oh, uh, he can't shoot, and he's not like a dominant big man. He's like at best like the first guy off the bench. Yeah, and I just think for me the number fifth pick it doesn't guarantee he's a good player there. Kaminga. Um, Davion Mitchell. Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Barnes was there, I'd consider it, but Scotty Barnes at five and Davion Mitchell at eight. Who says no? Well, I guess maybe we all did. in on this track, I think but we you have to take Wendell. Damn it. <laughs> Welcome to Detroit, Wendell. <laughs> yeah, I'll say no. Um this one I'm just gonna say because it was in the article, we did talk about it last show that we did. Number seven and number fourteen. And James Wiseman from the Warriors for the first pick and Mason Plumley. Davion. Wiseman. Maybe. Someone at 14. It's, Maybe Corey Kispert. I don't think I can It's do intriguing. That. It's nice. But just Wiseman just – it ain't it. We don't know enough. And I didn't watch enough of him play last year to give a reasonable opinion on this. I'd consider it for a few minutes and then I'd probably pass. Yeah, 14 doesn't really get it going. I mean, I know we got, like, Sadiq and Isaiah Stewart in that range, but that's that's asking a lot of our GM. And Wiseman could be good. It's just sample size is tiny. He Um, could be, and I have breaking news to you, he ain't going to be. (laughs) But we'll see. I actually did just see that mobile alert on my phone. Breaking. Breaking news. James Wiseman will never be good. (laughs) Um, Okay, so now from the Oklahoma City Thunder, the land of a 1,000 picks. They are giving us their number six pick in the draft. Package was Shea Gilgis Alexander. And we give and we give them the number one pick. 
I'm highly, no, I need more picks. You have so many picks. I need more. You have to give me some. Uh, Just one pick. You can have the Clippers 2023 first round pick. Deal. I need more. I think I'm doing it. You get Davion Mitchell, a proven star in Shea Gilgis. I don't know. And if you, I would only do it if they threw in that extra first rounder. And then I would, I, I don't know. It'd be hard to say no to. I need two first rounders. I don't know. I need flip flop, flip flop this year, Shea Gilders, and two more first rounders, one in 23 and one in 24. You know, I'm going to go on a limb here and I'd probably just accept it as is because I'm just all in on the Shea Gilders train. I mean, I, Shea is, a, he's a stud. He's going to be a star in the league. Guess what? Guess who else is going to be a star in the league? Davion Mitchell, who um, draft that Jalen Green, who we're drafting at one, and Al is going to be no. okay with. <laughs> yeah, give All right, so I guess um, so far I have that one that would really – I would that definitely best. Um, get back to their IM message about what should we do here because I really enjoy Shea Gildas Alexander, and he's only 22, so he fits the uh, youth movement. That'd be a great fit. And then, okay, now we have the Raptors. They are giving us – the- <laughs> Why? Spicy Raptors. <laughs> you don't get to be good for a bunch of years. You won your, you won your championship because Kawhi came over when he didn't want to. Now, you can't just keep on rebuilding. No, nobody likes you. Go away. We're not helping you. You're like right across the river. People, uh, people, I think, forget, and I don't want them to, that their fan base actively clapped when KD got hurt. So they're a bunch of scumbags, and I don't want to do Whoa, business with them either. You can't just call the whole country of Canada scumbags. No, I said they're fans. Yeah. I said Toronto Raptors. Fans. So the whole country, The Grant. fans in the game that were clapping are scumbags. That game. Or all Toronto Raptor fans. Because that's all. You're Canada. making about as much sense right now as you did with putting Jeff Okuda as 18. Yeah, there's only one Canadian. It's team. pretty clear to like anyone. Canada's. Yeah, I know. You're just doing this like uh, you're like Stephen A. Smith right now. You're just trying to draw clicks. Everyone that just listened to that heard me say that game that they booed KD and those people are scumbags. And I feel totally comfortable saying that because you are if you root for an Achilles injury. Anyways, the Raptors. Evan's going to check out of this one because he won't do business with them. They want to give us the number four pick and OG Ananobi, another uh, young promising wing player who Evan is rolling his eyes at <laughs> for me? the number one pick, Mason Plumley and Corey Joseph. Ass. Nobody even know who he would be. I mean, we know because he played at Indiana, but nobody would know who he is if he never hit that shot against Boston in the bubble. Oh, Let's be honest. It helped. But Evan, solid. you could get your other guy, Jalen Suggs at four, and have OG Ananobi. He ain't going to be there at four. Yeah, I think he is. No. Where's he going to go? He's going three. He's going three. You heard it. <laughs> I think he's going four. <laughs> okay. Evan Mobley's falling. I would not take it, but I, you know. Now we have Evan's future fandom team when we take Jalen Green. The Cleveland Cavs call us, and they want to give us the number three pick, a 2023 first round pick. So double picks here, Evan. And Isaac Okoro, yeah, Isaac Okoro for our number one pick. What pick do they have, you said? Three. They have the third, a, ne- their next year's first, and then Isaac Okoro, who was a top eight selection, I believe, just last year. I need another first round pick, and I say yes. Okay. This one's almost home. What if we they want they give you another first rounder in 2024, and uh, – 
You throw in Mason Plumley. I don't care about Mason Plumley. <laughs> well, that's just mean. He had a triple double last year. Two of them. One. A triple double. A single I think he had triple two. double. I'd be stunned if he had two. I think he had two. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't believe you. Anyways, uh, I don't believe you. I don't know <laughs> enough about Okoro. So I played at Auburn. He's athletic. I, I know about his college career. I don't know enough about how he did last year in the NBA. Uh, maybe I'd consider it more because I'm personally a Colin Sexton fan, even though the NBA teams are out on him. I'm kind of in on him. But it I, makes sense for you. Yeah, because he's an electric young player. Yeah, sorry. I like guys that can score. Um, and I'm super dumb. I don't know anything. So, yeah, I'm going to say no. All right, I, uh, for the reason that it's Isaac Okora and not Garland or Sexton, I am out, but I'm willing to negotiate that offer. Actually, no, I'm not, because I really don't want to like mess with Cleveland. Like, I don't need to talk to that franchise, really. Our last one, boys, we made it. And back to the team that's aggressively pursuing us. So this one, make sure you really listen here. We would get the number two pick in the draft, the number 23 pick in this year's draft, and their personal 2023 first-round Draft pick next year for the first pick. Pass. Mr. Draft Capital, why would you pass on that? Because the Rockets had their chance to be good and they blew it. They had James Harden. They had Chris Paul. They had other players before that, and you blew it. You don't deserve another superstar. I'm but sorry. A lot of your stuff wait another eight. Personal. Wait another eight years like we had to to get a first, a first overall pick and be happy with that. So, Evan, if you were a real GM in the league, would you base a lot of drafts based on... On what people deserve. Like, if teams blew stuff? Yes. <laughs> wow, yes. I love that. If I was a GM and the Rockets called me, I said, no, you don't deserve it. You blew your chance. You had James Harden and Chris Paul, and you didn't do anything with it. Yeah, had Russell Westbrook, too. And then when you draft Cade yourself, and uh, maybe he doesn't perform great, and you call them back so they used to be interest- interested, and they hang up the phone on you, are you going to be devastated? <laughs> Because you treat no, them no, poorly. Be like, you know what, Evan, you're a D bag, and I'm like, you know what, I am. <laughs> oh. You brought in Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook traded away Clint Capella so he could drive more. Guess where Clint Capella is right now? He, oh, he played in the Eastern Conference Finals with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Evan, no, it's a not terrific pick and roll game with Trey Young, but your guards didn't want to run pick and roll because they wanted to shoot. Evan, I love that they, spiciness. Tonight. We know they blew it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be looking out for your, for your own franchise's interests. <laughs> I am looking out for their own interests, and that's drafting Kate on the number one. Screw the Rockets. Wow. Um, I'm probably not taking it either just because I don't, I don't see much value in those others. Just because the Rockets had their chance, man. No, because I <laughs> they did. <laughs> Because I don't see the value in the other first-round picks, and I think the Rockets will be better for the next couple of years, so those picks won't be as good. Oh, coming from the guy who wants Troy to do what Sam Presti's doing in Oklahoma City and stockpile draft picks for a thousand years. Is this uh, just whatever Alex says? Let's just pile on him today. No, this is whatever you dumb. That? <laughs> whatever <enjoying> that? <laughs> whatever dumb things Alex says we pile on. I didn't say anything dumb. I just Jeff Okuda eighteen was stupid. Mm. Do you have a bad week? No. Well, then stop. I just love debating sports. That's why we do a podcast. I just feel like every time I talk, you have something negative to say. And then you say something similar. Like you just said the same similar thing about Colin Sexton in the last trade after you made fun of me for it. Anyways, I'll pass. Touche. That was a good point. I did say I would, take, I would think about it if it was him. 
I didn't say I would do it. I said I would need to negotiate that. I, I didn't need you to defend yourself. Would you take the Rockets trade? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I would not. I'm a Kate Cunningham guy through and through. Um, before we get to the Open, last thing. Did anyone see a tweet from Pistons reporter Rod Beard on Twitter? Tweet on Twitter, duh. Thanks, Grant. That may have caught your eye based on our last podcast. Yes, I saw it all over my Twitter feed, I believe, yesterday. Yesterday, two days ago? All over it. And it was about... about any other account that I follow was quoting it. About making your bed. Yep. Yep. And knowing that, I would never be drafted by a Dwayne Casey coach team. (laughs) Never would be. Uh, Alex, you said self-proclaimed a 38% clip. Yeah, so I have a chance of getting drafted in the late rounds. You just hope that day when they Zoom called you that that your bed was made in the back that day. And um, as the freak I am, I YouTube searched Day in the Life Kid Cunningham. I found a Day in the Life from Oklahoma State. Anyone can go watch it if they want. And his bed was like sloppily made. Like the cover was pulled up to the comforter was pulled up to the pillows. But his bed was against the wall. It wasn't like tucked in neatly. But it was there was an attempt made. Maybe because he knew there was a day in the life coming. It could have looked like the reporter walked in his room, may have suggested throw this on, and he did. But I'm going to count that as a made bed. I also don't think they'd actually not draft someone based on that. But who knows? What about your clip? You 100% guy. Yeah. I don't, nice, neat, I, and you talk every day. Yeah, I don't. I don't. He made me feel bad. Once. I don't always make it right when I get up, but like at some point that day, it's getting made every day. And let me tell you, folding that weighted blanket that's like twenty five pounds is not not fun to do. But don't you sleep on? Here's an idea. Sometimes leave it unfolded every single day, so you never have to do it. But Evan, how do I get drafted by the Pistons? But Evan, Grant sleeps on top of his comforter. There's nothing to make. Sometimes. I don't use my comfort right now. I strictly just use a single blanket. Yeah, summertime. So, like Evan, you have no reason for your bed not to be, like, close to already made when you wake up. Uh, I mean, all my sheets and, like, my comforters and other blankets are, like, tucked onto the left side of my bed. Like, just ooh, terrible. They look terrible. It looks like somebody just came up, like, grabbed them and just pushed them all the way over. And then I lay here, and then I have a single blanket. In the morning when I wake up, it's a simple grab, throw over, get out of bed. When I get in bed at night, it's lay down, grab the blanket, throw over. over. And you're back in the same position. You make great points. There's no no point in making your bed. I make my bed probably like 10 times a year. One is either if I'm cleaning my room, be like, oh, you're making my bed for the 30 minutes before I hop in. Uh, Two, if I'm like leaving for a long time, i.e. if I go to college, I'm going to make my bed before I leave so it looks nice. 2.7% 2.7% clip, Evan, for you. You're at a 2.7%. But I think if you explain that to Dwayne Casey, like your efficiency method, I think he'd respect it. Just got to catch him on one of those 10 days. And then you'd say, hey, Dwayne, just, how does making my bed translate to buckets? Because I get buckets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well before, well, before we get into this, did anybody see the catch of like all time by the fan that was blowing up Twitter last week with the baby and the beer? The baby and the beer. This Drops dude. his own child, picks the child back up, <laughs> still holds on to the beer and catches the baseball. Oh, my gosh. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty So for our listeners that probably might have or didn't see it, 
there's a dad in a stance. You didn't see it. Standing up. He has a beer in his right hand, and he's holding an infant child in his left. Foul ball comes at him. What does he do? You could have easily just, like, put the beer down, drop the beer. No. He drops his own child, quickly grabs the ball, and then goes back and, like, football plucks the child before he even, like, drops, like, four inches. (laughs) It's one of the best catches of all time. I'm watching it now. And the spillage on the beer was minimal. I mean, maybe a drop or two. Wait, wait, I need this back. It's in his right. I say it, a baby. So <laughs> the baby starts off in his right. He drops it, switches it to his left, keeps the beer up. And catches the ball barehanded. So he goes ball left-handed. Ball's left hand, beer's right hand, drops baby from right, catches baby in left. With the baseball and then raises beer in like <laughs> this is a lead. It was very impressive. It's highly impressive. Wow, so risky. High risk, high reward in that situation. <laughs> Don't show that video to Mama. So the game, she saw it. it was hey baby, this see, this stays between us. She's like, oh look, I'm flying. <laughs> so the Open now. The British. Which, I'm gonna call it the British Open because. I feel like in, when you're in America, you can say the British Open because it is the British Open. Well, no, like it's actually, it's actually both. like golf nerds will tell you it's the Open, like it's historical. It's just the Open, but back in the day, it was more acceptable to call it the British Open. And as the bad boys of golf self-proclaimed, we're just gonna call. It, I'm gonna call it the British Open because I think it's just. Easier Phil Mickelson said today, you can call it whatever you want. One of those two. British. As long as he's winning it, who cares? Anyway. Um, Evan, we made, uh, I'm sure you saw on the show docs, we made the Evan Cadmus dark horse stipulation rule based on, uh, I think it was Alex who mainly chirped you about it last time. Yeah, I didn't like it. You picked two yeah, top five he players. he was upset. Oh my gosh, try me over. <laughs> um, so the dark horse must be plus 4,000 or worse odds uh, to be classified as a dark horse, which is still a decent amount of field because golf's hard to win. Um, I'm gonna, I'll am i go first here for my favorite for the Open, um, just because I think there's a chance Alice could take it. I guess you can still take it. It just takes the wind out of the sails. It's his guy, folks. It's Jordan Spieth. That's not really fair to take someone that I take. Jordan Spieth times. is my pick for the favorite of the o- British Open. Why is that not fair? It's a new tournament. Because you just know that's my guy. Well, it's your favorite golfer guy. Like, Will Zalatoris is my guy. Uh, Phil... Is for sure Evan's guy. I think Ricky is Evan's guy. And uh, Spieth is your guy that you like. Yeah, I always have. He's just my uh, mercenary this week to go win the Open to make me look smart. Long shot? Oh, you want me to do the long shot now? We usually do that, yeah. My long shot is Daniel Berger. Uh, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Daniel Good Burger. He's at about like plus seven thousand odds right now. He played in the John Deere, so I know what you're thinking, Grant. He didn't play in the Scottish, so why would you pick him? Because the Scottish is like a opens like a warm up for the British Open. But Daniel Burger's just been playing solid golf, I think, based on what I read. Maybe like I didn't call, call John Deere's Avengers a myself. There, Grant. And uh, I think he's probably finished high in the British Open before. Uh, had to have at some point. Pure speculation. So, uh, look for him to do well again this week. I just hope those guys don't miss the cut. That's all I hope for in these picks. I'll go next, Evan. Uh, my favorite is Xander Shoffley. That was my second favorite. Nice pick, man. I like golfers in the British Open that don't hit it as long and just hit it straight. 
I value that. Okay. And my dark horse is plus 6,600 odds. Um, used to be really good. It's been really bad this year. Roy McElroy. Ricky Fowler. Evans guy. Evans. Got mad at me for taking your guy, then you took Evans guy. Taking Evans guy as a dark horse. Well, I'd be crazy if you went from watching the Masters with Tiger Woods this year to winning the Open. That's why it's a dark horse. The British Open. Um, if I was a betting man, I would just simply pick like uh, Brooks Kepka to finish in like the top five, top ten. You probably win your money. But for this sense, um, I actually had two guys, and Alex has this new dark horse stipulation, and both of them are plus four thousand. So you can kiss my behind. <laughs> um, I don't think any favorite is going to win. Just solely because it is the open tournament. Um, I'm going to pick two home course guys. Uh, I got Paul Casey and Tommy Fleetwood. Nice. Uh, I like to Tommy Wait, Fleetwood. Evan, where I'm looking, Tommy Fleetwood is 3,500. So, nope, a aggressive. Nope, not what I'm looking at. <laughs> we all different, different books. I got different odds. We'll have to get an official ruling from Mitten Money on this. They use DraftKings, so I'm using DraftKings. <laughs> okay. I like that, though. Elaborate. Sorry, I cut you off there. I just think that, you know, they're both home track. They know how to play. Paul Casey's been playing really well recently. And I think this has a chance for this week. You know, no name. Not really a no name, but somebody that hasn't won a major to win it. And why not Tommy Fleetwood? And he's got fantastic hair, the lettuce out of the hat. And you can always feel good uh, cheering for a guy that, like, looks sharp on the golf course. He's been close before in majors, too. Paul Casey's played well in majors also. Paul Casey kind of looks like a dweeb, so you have a good offset there between Paul Casey and Tommy Stewart. <laughs> Paul Casey's sweet at golf. I don't want to get upset at that. No chance one of those six guys doesn't win. I mean, no chance. And they'll probably all make the cut. Probably finish one through six. <sighs> we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. We wouldn't be able to walk through that door with our egos. So before we close out with the socials, I want to preview real quick new thing. Just previewing what probably to come on shows in the future. Um, we have the NHL draft at the end of July. We'll be talking about that a little bit soon. Then we have obviously the NBA draft. And then we're going to dedicate a show, not a whole show, but part of a show to talking about the name, image, and likeness implications from college. Because um, we haven't really discussed like what that means for people, um, what you're even allowed to do. In it? What's funny, Alex? What's that doing? He's getting <laughs> He's close. so close to the screen. And then um, also for a listener question from Brad submitted, that's when we'll answer that great NIL question um, that he submitted to us. And then we will also – we're getting to the point, boys, where we'll be doing some college football previews, a little in-depth dive. Maybe, maybe we'll do like a top 10 list, top 10 player list for Michigan and Michigan State. Maybe look at their over-under win totals for the year. Maybe see how we game-by-game breakdowns, you know, win-losses. So that's getting here. That's getting close. So look forward to that. Uh, Or you can stay up to date with all that, our social accounts, at ShotOfMS on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Sports on TikTok, and then Sports at gmail.com for our email. Socials are the place where you see video clips of this podcast. They make them more funny. It's not just our voice. You can see our facial reactions. It's also a good place to comment on anything. Um, you know, our, like I said, the top 25 lines graphic did pretty well. And there's a lot of engagement on that post of people debating, you know, who should be where. So that's how you can get involved there. DMs are also open there for any questions or any ideas. If you want to be on the show, you know, just suggest it. And then emails more for any business things like advertisements, 
Um, also, you can submit questions there. How you can listen to this show. Right now, it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Audio only. Um, depending on the platform, we'd really appreciate it if you followed it, subscribed to it, liked a specific video, um, left a five-star rating and review. Um, again, all that is free, and we give you all this free content, you know, once a week. We just love a little scratch on the back back because then it just attracts more people to the show, the way the algorithm works. Maybe even drop the link to a friend. Don't even explain. Just send the link to your group chat. So here you go. Um, and like I said, as always, rate uh not rate and review uh submit any questions 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 we enjoy them it makes coming with the show topics easier and we know what you guys want to hear about and with all that being said let's cheers to the end of episode 29 i will cheers to faster horses this weekend and hunter dickinson coming back to big blue cheers to faster horses cheers to faster horses if you see us out there come say hi We'll shotgun a beer with you. Yes. Um, say you were a fan of the podcast. And shout out to Friday. A bunch of artists dropped banging music. That is Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. They <laughs> dropped a bop. Go listen to it. Oh. Yes, I love that. Cheers to that.